I don't think it's a good job. I think it's a great job. You've got you've got a major market here, obviously in Chicago. You've got the history and tradition of the franchise. You've got clean books going into 2021. Uh, you got all your first round draft picks. You've got some of the best facilities in the entire league. The Advocate Center is just spectacular. It, it's, it really is. Um, the United Center and you know the Bulls and Blackhawks do a great job of keeping that building up. The roster has got some intriguing pieces. It's not a great roster, but it's not a bad roster. I mean, you can say what you want about John Paxson and Gar Foreman. Even their biggest critic, I think, if you put them on a, a lie detector test, would say they've drafted well. And, you know, you haven't had much lottery luck lately, but Wendell Carter Jr. and Kobe White at number seven both look like nice young pieces. I know Markinen has regressed this year. I think he's very salvageable. I think everybody would argue that uh, everybody would agree that Zach Levine uh, took a step this year. So I think this roster has actually got decent potential. Um, it's still a ways away. You're still in a rebuild. It's not easy to exit a rebuild. But uh, I think it's um, I think it's a very, very attractive job. And the other reason I think it's an attractive job is you're going to be given the keys to the kingdom. It, this is full authority to make basketball decisions. This is the number one job. John will be around. We all know how much the Reserves like and value him. But, um, you know, John's not going to be hovering. That's not who John is. He, he wants what's best for the Bulls. He, he will not be hovering. So um, this person, whoever they hire, will be allowed to bring in uh, additional staff, is my understanding. So they're going to be able to build out this infrastructure the, the way he sees, sees fit. So uh, I think this is a really good job, and I, that's why it's critical the Bulls get this hire right. Dean Davis, the show, second segment. Going to switch into a little bit of basketball talk, and actually we're going to go local with our Chicago Bulls front office. Uh, a couple things have come out. One, it broke today, I believe, Casey Johnson, that this is so cute. John Paxton is, uh, supposedly let the Bulls know that if they need to let him go entirely to hire some of these new hires, that he would be willing to go away. It's nothing less somebody who works for somebody else is telling you, you know, I may just go away. You know, if, if, if you want me to go, if I'm blocking you. Maybe, maybe I should, maybe it's, maybe it's me and not you, but Patriots general manager, Chad Buchanan, who we talked about, told them due to his personal situation or his, his comfortability, I believe where he's at with Indiana, that he's not even coming. Uh, Justin Zanuck of the Jazz GM, they're going to interview and Nuggets he, general they manager. They did interview him. Yeah, they did, uh, yeah. Arteris, uh, I think it's Karnosovas. Uh, they're going to interview him. Karnasova. Karnasova, thank you. And uh, Bobby Wag, Bobby uh, Webster, who I think I, I may, I may like a little bit more. Uh, General Bobby Magic. Webster is not going to interview. He, oh, the he, Raptors he, blocked him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, hate, they, they hate ass no. raps. Yeah, but I saw the rap block because they don't know what Nick Simon. Nurse or you, Jerry. Yeah, they don't know what's going to happen with their with their front office too. What'd you and say, Ryan? Adam, Adam Simon is staying put. Adam Simon is a uh, Jeremiah the, the Heat one, the Heat <laughs> Yeah, and he's staying put. But see, I'll say this much: we all knew going into this, this was stupid because what why would any? Thank you. Why would someone come and you're basically telling them that you listen, and these are general managers. These aren't assistant general managers. These are guys that are looking to be executive vice presidents of an organization. And they step up. Yeah. They've not right away within two years, if they're successful in this new organization, why am I going to go there? And you have Paxton and you, we all know you have an affinity around the league. They know. Cause they're like, what's going on in Chicago? Why are these people still there? You have an affinity for this man. And sooner or later, he's going to tell you an idea of mine doesn't sound right to him. 
So why am I even going to put myself in that situation when I can stay here with the organ with all these organizations that run pristinely when we're talking about, for the most part, small market teams building through the draft and building somewhat of a culture. Why am I even going to mess around with that? Like, I don't want to be the next Gar Foreman. So it's funny that Pax has to be the one to tell in, to tell in the relationship, like, you know what? You just need to go, right? Like, you need well, to let me Jerry go. that's what Jerry does. He I know. these people around and it's like, no, Jerry, let me take myself out of the equation. Well, this is the thing, though. So going back to, going to your point, Ryan, I mean, John Paxson has been there for what? I mean, over his, years. his 17 years in this one role. I ain't saying this is not the totality of his Actually, it's not the one role. He got a promotion. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he went from player true. to he went from no, player. he went from general manager general, yeah, to yeah, executive yeah. vice president. Wait, mm-hmm. player, broadcaster, general manager. No, you didn't put coach in there. He was assistant coach. Oh, that's right. Assistant coach shoot. So he has five positions in this organization until he hit the top to the uh, uh, vice president. I don't know. It's, it seems kind of weird to me. Uh, I heard this Casey Johnson. I heard it on the uh, Bulls Talk podcast with NBC Sports Chicago. Shout out to got Jason Goff and uh, Tony Gill down there. And Casey Johnson did say that. He's like, listen, the main person who's really pushing this is John Paxson. So, Paxson. So, he's the one saying, like, yeah, I take myself out of the equation. But to, to, but to, to your point, Ken, it's kind of weird that the person in the relationship in there is kind of saying, like, oh, yeah, I'll go if you want to go, if, I, if you want me to go. But it's also, on the flip side, it's kind of like, it's also saying, but if you want me to stay, I stay too. So it's not – it's kind of like someone – it has to be Michael. It has to be Jerry. It is really so – Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't look at the Bulls kind of like the way he looks at the White Sox and just know that he loves baseball. He knows baseball. Basketball is a moneymaker, right? So he has his son there, Michael Reinsdorf, to make these calls. But you would think in a leadership role that you would say, hey, Pax, you've been here for X amount of years. We love you. You will forever be a Chicago Bull. We got to pull you out of this altogether. Instead of him coming out, going through the, not going through the media, but kind of putting out publicly saying, oh, I'm willing to go if they want me to go. Those kind of things, those kind of signals aren't good either when you're looking for somebody to come in to take that job. Now, to Ryan's point, though, Jay Ryan doesn't, doesn't fire anybody. You have this job forever. There's been like two general managers, Garf, uh, no, uh, uh, Jerry Krause, I guess you want to say Gar Foreman slash John Paxson. This not it's not hasn't been that many. Rob Thorne so first. Yeah, Rob Thorne first. Yeah, when he very first bought, we bought the first, but for most of the tenure, it's been John Paxson. It's been Jerry Krause. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it it doesn't give out a good signal, but it at least I'm I'm willing I'm I'm happy to at least the Jazz do did the uh, the Jazz guy did the uh, the interview because looking at that organization where it's ran in the West too. That gives me a little hope. Hopefully he sees that as a step up. Chicago, third biggest market in America. You come here, and if you have the total, you have the autonomy. He's a Northwestern cat, too. True. But if he has the ot- autonomy that he mm-hmm. say, that they say that he's going to have, hey, man, you have, Listen, you have a kingdom waiting for that, you. That lets you know how bad he want to get out of Utah. That he, he did the interview. He was like, man. But Utah is a well-oiled machine. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the organization. Oh, I'm you're talking about the, the city. The state. So All right. Like, let me get my ass out of here. You drink uh, on Sundays? Real quick, Ryan, before you jump in, I also call BS because – John Paxson, if he was just to say he was out and about successful during his tenure, he would never go to some organization and take a position of power with somebody else above him. Like, you know that they don't want that. So, yeah, now you're out here coming out like, I'll do this. But you knew that going in. But Brian, go ahead, please. 
I just wanted your guys' opinion on the Denver guy because I think that he's kind of my favorite right now of the candidates that they've talked about. Because they also talked about the Orlando guy. Uh, no, we don't want. So I think we don't want no Orlando. Johnson, Casey Johnson said that they have a really long list, so we probably don't even have the full list. I'm sure they have a long list. Everybody gonna say no though. <laughs> but I like I like the Denver guy a lot. He's probably. I, my I'm with you. I think when you look at. In the draft, the guys that they pick up when you're talking about they fleece uh, the bulls, a cow mer- yes. yeah. But De- Devin Harris, listen, I mean, Devin Harris is cool, but still, like, even his last two years hasn't necessarily sure. been everything they want. But when you look at their key pieces, well, Murray won coming out, coming out, people kind of knew about, but when you look at Jokic, it's like mm-hmm. if you, you can scout like that. That's good. Yeah, bring bring yourself over here. You know what I'm saying? Or even and, when you uh, look at the Michael Porter Jr. with the value that you had when he was hurt, right. uh, that at that point at the end of the lottery, that hey, let's stash it. We were already a playoff team ascending. Let's stash this kid and see what we can yeah. get. So I mean, no, like- I'm with I'm with you, Ryan. I, I think that will probably I lean I lean towards him. I lean towards him with that. I lean I, towards him with that. I like both of them because, like I said before, you got the Nuggets and the Jazz. Yeah, I like them both. Small. But you got to pick one, D. Yeah. We like them both. We all no, like no, no. them both. I'll go with the Denver guy, no doubt, because you see what the team has turned into in their top three seed uh, in the West. And the highest that in the West, too. has d- drafted is number seven. That's the highest he's been. Hey, man. That's called good That's scouting. Good. That's called knowing what you're doing. That's called also being able to understand the landscape of the NBA right now. And they're able to do that without, you know what I'm saying, being able to bring somebody in from as a, as a, as a uh, big-time free agent. Something that they're going to have to do here in Chicago, unfortunately. You have to do it through the draft. And we know both of these guys, and we, we like the Denver guy a lot more, but uh, the Denver GM a lot more. But at least you know he can, he's able to build a culture here or potentially build a culture if he's hired. Also, if you think about it, it shows that they've been competitive and not just a tank-worthy team. Mm-hmm. And that's in the West. Mm-hmm. You're saying that they hit the seventh. That means that regardless of where they had in the playoff uh, run out West, outer end, they're being very con- very competitive consecutively. So you at least want that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're going to be right. where we don't have, i.e., the star player because they don't want to come to this market – you at least want to have a team where the culture is set and you know that that team finds draft picks and, 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 and shuttles around the world to pick out these international players. And these guys are good with international players because this isn't the old days where you could sit there and be uh, uh, R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich and in the second round basically just pillage the, 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 the international right. draft Because yeah. people are watching them. But even with people watching them, they're hitting on them more than anybody else. But still, like, this is where you, you, we got to make inroads here in Chicago. Jerry, Jerry Krause is one of the first guys over there going to get those guys when he went to go get Tony. Mm-hmm. All right? And, of course, we had people, Saronis, Marcelonis, and, and people that came over before that, Dawson Petrovic. But still, like, you, those are the players that you need to go out and get. We already know that, especially later on, because a lot of eyes, even though now we have technology, you can see these players a lot more than you could in the past. So, listen, I'm just happy that there's going to be a change. I think it's best for all all parties included, that PAX steps away. That does, I mean, we're not – no one's naive. 
if Jerry Reinsdorf calls him and asks for advice, he's going to give it to him. Even though Pac seems like an honorable guy, once he makes a decision on something, maybe he won't intervene too hard with it. Mm-hmm. But still, it's time. This regime has failed. Like, it hasn't been the worst. Let's not make it. This is a tear. It hasn't been the worst, but it hasn't been a success. And outside of that one blip, two blips during the Derrick Rose era, it's really been mediocre for the most part. I will, yeah. I will give Pax at least this much credit as – at least he's aware, you know. I mean, we can even go, but hold on. We can go back a few years before Derrick Rose. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Wait a minute, hold on. We uh-huh. can go back to the years before Derrick Rose was picked up. I mean, before they drafted him, I mean, he was ready to walk out because. He wasn't um, ready to walk out. He was going to wait. get fired. Well, no. That was what was going to happen. No. I think he, he was, I, it was. It was coming out that he was saying that he was burnt out and he was ready to go. He was that, at Jerry Cross's position. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't fire anybody. Yeah, he fired Jerry Cross. Look how he bad was, it was, though. But, that, but that's where Pax was. Listen, Pax was at a position where it was like, you know what? Yeah, you kind of took us out with these try-hard guys mm-hmm. out of that era. But we've seen it. to the you, playoffs, right? You can, yeah, didn't, you can, didn't like, they twice. Not, didn't they not get out of the first round until Derrick Rose came here under John Paxson? I thought they kept getting beaten by the Wizards and the Heat and everything. No, in the first no, round. they that year they beat the Heat in the first. After after the that Heat, one year, okay, they yeah, beat the Heat right. in the first they round. Sw- they swept the Heat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. But, but still, to your point, that no, they, they it was the Heat was under him for for him to be a Jerry Reinsdorf, a Reinsdorf that doesn't fire anybody. It was basically like, yeah, Jerry's thinking this, it needs to be a change. Oh. At that point. I'm not saying that some of the packs they, they packs wasn't tired. I'm not saying that. Yeah, it's still, it was, it was the out, heat. So out. But it was the heat that was under him. Not denying that, that at like, all. Yeah, they, not, they, not, like, not like that was that Jerry. That's also what Jerry gets to that point. Because, but again, remember this is before Michael Reinsdorf, quote unquote, took over basketball, took it over the basketball side of things. This is when Jerry's closer to the situation. Who knows how close Jerry is outside of not, what he's Not at all, really. Room. Now, not yeah. really all right now. Because how many times do we? How many times do you do Bulls fans say, "Where's the ownership?" They're kind of like the Brazaro when it comes. Well, to D to Dolan. To, I mean, they he's really into uh, what's going on day to day. They're like really not even visible, especially mm-hmm. old man. He's not really visible at all. So except when up, he doesn't want to spend the money. Yeah. What's Question up, for you then. Yeah. So, do you think Michael kept? Paxson going or was that from Jerry? I think, I think by I think back then when we're Ken and I talking about Jerry's probably still doing a lot more. Yeah, no, Jerry, but I'm saying when Michael now it's wait, Michael. On, wait a minute, hold on. What you say? What you say, Ryan? He's saying it's when yeah. Michael took over. Did he keep Paxson or did Jerry say you're keeping Paxson? <laughs> I mean, mm, that's an I interesting. Don't know. You don't like it. You, the question, you're not the there. question is, yeah, the question is we did exactly. We're not there, but the question is. How much of Michael? Is, how much is he like his father? And from the seems from from at least from reports that we hear and people we talk to, he's he is like his father. So that loyalty is there. Even going to the point of with Gar Foreman, isn't Gar Foreman and Michael Ryan's wife really cool? And their wives are. That's what I was gonna say. Their yeah. wives are cool. So that benefits John Paxson too, and not want to shut it up because you're not gonna promote Gar Foreman because Gar Foreman hasn't done anything. Also too. Also too. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't fire Gar Foreman. They just moved. Right. Him I was out. gonna say that. That's so he knows where the bodies been, are buried. It could have been the same thing for. Ryan. And they don't want to fire Jim Boylan either. Ah, but this they is my would question. like the GM to be open-minded about him. But this is my question. This is my question to you all. I think, I think we probably assume that uh, Boylan's gone. I think we can assume that. How much of a change do we think is going to see with the roster? Now, the Bulls 
the cap hit, not, not cap hit, but the cap isn't isn't bad. I don't have any kind of like overblown contracts, anything like that. They might have some ones that's kind of like, man, we shouldn't have gave them that money. But at least I think that the they're at least it's coming off I the books a little bit soon. But what do we think, I think about the roster? Clean after twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. All right. Okay. So I'm. I'm. I'm that's what I I'm think. Any about. good? I'll be honest with you. I think, the, I think the coach is gone. I'm gonna look yeah, at the get roster. boiling out. But yeah. I think coach is gone. Any reasonable uh, personnel person has to view the roster himself outside of just coming in and just making wholesale changes. So I think you, especially now, now when we say the roster, like if there's some guys or some ancillary parts that you can move, cool. But unless you get a, a, a crazy trade offer, I think that whoever comes in was going to want to see probably Zach, Lori, um, uh, Kobe. Uh, Thank you, Kobe. I think they're going to want to see window, those window. window those players at least, even if it's not the, the the entire season, at least for half of the season until perhaps the trade deadline, so they can see if 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 it's the players or was it necessarily the culture. If there's something that they can get out of those players before getting rid of something that may come back to haunt you in the future. Here's some bulls optimism. What if uh, they start the season around like Labor Day? And then they already hire this new GM so he can see a couple weeks worth of the Bulls playing with this core group. I think the GM, I think that new executive is going to be hired within the next couple of weeks because yeah, it's, probably. this is, this seems that this, this is, moving it might be next fast. Week. Yeah. It's moving pretty fast. So that would be, that would, that is a lot of optimism right there. If you're looking at it from perspective of just trying to see exactly what the team is going to be for the next season. Yeah. You do want somebody to come in and kind of like, okay, I'm here now. I have a chance to kind of see these guys live in action besides being from the outside, looking in and looking at tape and, you know, saying asking questions here, there when I come and walk inside the advocate center. Uh, but that would be good for them, you know, if it was to happen. But it seems as if this this hire, the hiring is going to happen probably within, if not the end of this month, maybe leading to the top of next month. It seems like this is going to happen. Well, they've been putting in so much work on this list and looking around like it's an impressive list. They want to move, I think, on this. I think they do, which too. is surprising. It's, yeah. plus you it's want, very unbulls-like. Plus, you want that person to be in there and have some time before the draft gets there. Mm-hmm. What oh, if yeah. they? What if they want to switch out some of the scouts? Yeah, you know. Now, sometimes you hold on to scouts when it gets this close to the draft, but perhaps if there's anything to scout, yeah. <laughs> But still, well, can but, you go scout? Yeah, but you may still. But you know what? You still may want to have like-minded scouts in the room with you, rather than guys you don't know. So, because yeah. you don't even know the philosophies and how they view things, you guys may not view it through the same lens. So, you may want to have scouts that you are comfortable with and feel a connection to, and that it's translated to good players that are on the court. And so you may you may want there's more changes than just that guy at that position. Oh, yeah, especially if what because remember one thing is Pax is the person that. It's trying to modernize the Bulls. So if we're talking about that their scouting ranks have been uh, lesser when it comes to the NBA, and we've known usually that's what we've heard, that uh, the department is small. If not, uh, you're probably going to want to see this. This person got a lot of work to do when they get here to get the Bulls to the level they're supposed to be with the rest of the NBA that's successful. And also, Mm -hmm. too, with the the pandemic going on right now, let's just say the NBA and Adam Silver say, you know what? The season is done. This is kind of flipping from your question, Ryan. Just say the season is done. Then you, then that that then whoever it may be has a chance now to go out and start hiring guys now too. You know, so well, uh, like co- coaches, coaches, like, coaches. Like, I mean, assistant coaches, the GM. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hell, you have the the scouts. You know, what I'm saying you might not be able to do anything, go out and see anybody, but at least now there's a left. There's a sense of like, okay, now we know where we're at. 
I'm in here now. Now let's go ahead and kind of get this thing going. So it's better late than never. Uh, but I guess they kind of see exactly what happens with the rest of the season. But I think I, I think this hire is going to happen uh, really soon. We're getting close to April 18th, but you know we still got 12 days. Is right. there anything that could happen that would that would nix this thing at this point? You know, I would never say no. I mean, I, I don't even know what what is possible with this thing. If you if you'd have told me a month ago that Las Vegas would shut down and every casino would be, you know, closed for, for, for a month, I would never believe that. So anything is possible, but whatever obstacles pop up, we will we'll try to fix it, man. I'll, I'm going to tell you this. I, I, I'm this close to getting the deal done. So this place where this fight's going to be on April 18th, um, I have locked up for two months. So I'm going to continue to pump fights out. I've also secured an island. I've got an island. The infrastructure is being built right now. We're going to do all of our international fights on this island. So when April 18th, when we do this fight on April 18th, international and local, you know, uh, in the United States, we're going to start cranking. The UFC will be back up and running internationally and here in the States. So April 18th, UFC 249. So literally April 25th, you could have an event. We are. We're going back to back to back. We're just we're we're getting back into our regular schedule. Mm -hmm. So we we will have postponed three fights. We'll make all these fights up, and we'll be right back on schedule uh, starting April 18th. Dana White secured a U.S. location, a private island for a UFC fight. This from US, uh, ESPN, real quick. Just a couple of excerpts. He said the lo location will host weekly fights for at least the next two months. Additionally, White said that he started to work on an undisclosed island, undisclosed island where he could conceivably book flights for international athletes who can't come to the U.S. And he said, I'll tell you this, I'm close to getting a deal done. Uh, so this place where this fight is going to happen on April 18th, I locked up for two months. I'm going to continue to pump fights out. I also secured an island. I got an island. The infrastructure is built right now. We're going to do all the international fights on the island. So this is the definition of greed, in my opinion. This kind is of. Can I say one thing real quick? What's up? What? One, one part. I don't think this is a good idea. But if, if for instance, I'm not the, I'm a more of a boxer fan than an MMA fan. Right. But in a world of no sports, especially when you're probably number five, maybe as far as the At most, best. Yeah, you know, what I'm probably off, yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a good chance for you to try to get up there and, you know, I won't say go after hockey, but still to try to get, get be in get, front of people, be in front of eyeballs. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Just as far as marketing wise, when people are thirsting for sports, to, we live in a world nowadays where there's so many things to take our attention away. If you're a sports fan, it's only old rewind sports are out there. So I, I get why he's doing it. I just don't think it's a smart idea for, me, the, for what I, for how important I think what's going on is. Right. But this is the thing though. So first point, I think I said before, to kick it off. I think this is the definition of greed because as we said before, with the MLB talking about moving out to Arizona, how so do you have this? I know I know Trump is his buddy, right? Do you have an abundance of this tests? Guy. You have an abundance of tests to test everybody coming in and out. Oh yeah, Trump, yeah. you know, you know he Trump, got got, he's gonna have more tests than the hospitals have. <laughs> so but, to my point, the definition of greed. So you have all these people coming in, right, to this undisclosed island. So now you have potentially you don't know if somebody is probably going to be asymptomatic or what's happening, right? Let's say if somebody tests doesn't doesn't gives a false negative or whatever the case may be, right? Comes in here. Now you now you're in a secluded 
on a secluded island just there, I'm sure you could fly in and out, in and out, but now you're in a, a contained space, right? So that's, that's problematic. Number two, so, I mean, I know we have satellites and things of that nature, but now you're talking about building an infrastructure to be able to simulcast and broadcast this over the world, really, right? On this, on this deserted island, on, not deserted island, but off this island. So now you're banking on the simple fact of, okay, we got to make sure we have the connectivity. Do they have enough the broadcast. ports? Yeah, do you have the connectivity to do this? It's like so many logistical things. And also, number three, UFC, you have to pay for their fights. Ken, I get you that people want to see sports, but you have to pay to see these sports. Well, Everybody, not all of them. The undercards are usually on ESPN. But damn, if you want to see, but if you want to see the, hey, guess what? Right now, you see any people oh, watch those oh, undercards right now? But, so, but if right you want, but if you want to see the top dogs, you gotta pay. So it'd be one thing if he said, "Hey, we're gonna move these to these private islands. We're gonna bank on what Ken said. Get the advertising dollars. Get the marketing dollars. Get those eyes on us. But we're gonna just exclusively play it through our deal." on ESPN. That would be something. That I can see. But if you kind of pay, you're telling me to pay for UFC 9,025 off the coast of the Bermuda Triangle, it's going to like, what, dude? Like, I don't know. Location, location when it comes to pay-per-view doesn't even matter. People that pay for UFC fights are going to pay for it. So why leave that money on the table? Again, I'm playing devil's advocate right here. Mm -hmm. This isn't the Davis philosophy. I'm only saying as far as I get what you're saying, but guess what? Those f- people that pay for those, uh, those, PP- those PPVs, oh, they're yeah. going to pay for it. So why leave money in hand when you could put that in the bank while other people aren't collecting dollars? Because it goes to my point, and we talked about You want to go to the Comiskey. I, I said. And as a draft. Right? The draft is a draft. The draft is in danger of who, Ryan? <laughs> The Wi-Fi. That's all you're worried about is the Wi-Fi connections. Listen, you could do the draft virtually. That's whatever. I, my point, my whole point was... Yeah, was everything's like, whatever with this trip. With, with, with MLB, it's like the whole thing. I mean, not with MLB, but just basically being period about going back out in general. It's like, I want to wait. I want to wait until everyone says, hey, you can go out. But do I think it's a good idea? Hell no. It ain't no worth. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. We are living through a pandemic. It ain't According- worth it. According to Ryan's philosophy, the 2K tournament that ESPN is doing is a bad idea, too, and it's dangerous as fuck. <laughs> no, because it doesn't impact basketball. Oh, what about the Wi-Fi? What about the what about, ba- what about basketball? Oh, yeah, the football. We all know the draft doesn't matter. The draft is nothing in the end. Oh, Ronnie 2K no would be ashamed deal. of you. We'd be ashamed of you right now. As I said, hey, the draft, said whatever. The- Just pick somebody. Who cares? <laughs> we'll draft them and we'll coach them. We'll develop them. It doesn't matter. But why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you know who you were picking? First, you're going to go for need and best player available. So you already know what you need. You already have free agency. You know where your holes are at. Unless you get a player that's overwhelming and you like, I got to take him because he fell right here. It's, it's a lot of factors that's going to go into all this stuff. I, like I said before, man, I just don't think it's worth it. it you, you can wait. Uh, Dana White is a. You're not gonna a, watch the fight, Steve. Dana White is if a. They put him on. He can wait, huh? Are you gonna watch the fight, Steve? If they put him on. No, I don't even watch him now. I'm what if it big, was? Uh, I'm not the a big UFC. Stream. I'm Come not on. a big. If it was, if it was free on ESPN, would I watch well, it then? Let's say it was free. Yeah, maybe I'm not. A, I mean, I like the UFC. Ooh. I like MMA, but it's nothing that I go out there and seek. 
You know what I'm saying? So you're going to hold the show back by not watching the only sport <laughs> well, on listen, TV. If, <laughs> if we had to watch it, I would give you the best breakdown of the Brazilian judo you ever want to see. But it's just not my it's not my bag. It's just, listen, man, it comes to the point where you got to be like, all right, dude, we can just wait. It's, 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 do you think that these fighters are even like training? Like, are they just training like usual? How could they? Who am I sparring with? How could you? If we get on Dak Prescott from out no there throwing idea. a football to throw somebody 50, 60 yards away, that's more than six feet. Hey, okay, real talk. And hell is somebody going to with somebody in a cage? If you think these fools are going to go risk their life in a cage and not practice the best of their abilities, I think right. they're sparring. Like, you, you, it's no question. Oh, I'm not saying – listen, yeah. I don't think it's smart to do it. Do yeah. I think other people are probably doing it? Absolutely. You I'm, not gonna, I'm not going in there without my yeah. usual regimen. I'm chill. Yeah. So I'm not mean like that's how you could die. Like, but you nah, know what, man. Kenton, but here's Kenton, the thing. Are you gonna, go ahead, go ahead. Are you gonna watch the fights? I, I woke up like two or three weeks ago. It was a fight that was on. It was a Friday. I woke up that Saturday morning and I watched. It was pretty good. I watched at least two or three fights. Uh, if it catches me, yeah, I watch it. There's, there's definitely skill to it. Again, it's just I didn't grow up with it, so I don't have the same affinity for it as boxing. And I yeah. historically, like I, I knew, um, you know, I'm not like Ken Shamrock. And like all Tito and like everybody, yeah, all those guys. Like John Bones Jones. I'm more, I'm, I'm more familiar with John Bones Jones though. I pay, I've had a closer eye on the UFC since he's been in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember when it was really just coming up and stuff, stuff like that. Um, But uh, yeah, I'll watch it if it if it comes across. But I'm not sitting here like, man, give me something like Dana White's out there. Like people are gonna go stir crazies in their house, so he has to do this. I mean, I just don't think that. I was, if you're in your house, it ain't the U.S. It is not the NFL. Nobody's gonna go like, "Oh my God, yes, I have U.S.C." Next, no, there I are don't. some people. There are some people that are gonna do. Yes, I got U.F.C. But think about it. Gotta, real quick, real quick, but real but quick, real gotta, quick. But they have to pay for the big stuff. But they already want to pay. They were already gonna pay for it. We, They're we, already we, paying for no, it. No, 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 no. I'm talking about yeah. somebody like me, someone Hold who's that. an avid sports fan. I'm not gonna go pay for it. They they but don't have me. Would you do it though to see an actual live performance? I mean, when's the last time we saw anything live besides yeah. like newscasters doing stuff from their house? No, I, I think, think a lot of people. There's going to be more people. There are going to be more people than usually the to pay fan. for. You think yeah, you're going to get. Nah, fan I'm not. So listen, if you get fifteen, I be, I if you be, get fifteen percent, yeah, but it, but but you're on the other end of the spectrum of that the, that casual fan. You know what I'm saying? How many pay per views do you buy in general? Oh no, it's not wrestling. No, none. Okay, so that you're on the but to people that may spend money on PPVs now, I usually when it comes to boxing have spent money on PPVs. Now there hasn't been a UFC fight that that I've been like I have to. There's been like one or two, and I, I think I tried to, to see if I can get it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But those people that fifteen percent, let's just say maybe twenty percent, probably a ten to 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 to, to twenty somewhere on that end. If you can get an increase of those people to be fans of yours that naturally wouldn't. Marketing wise, that's why you do something like this. Real quick. Yeah, what's up? When Dana White said that people are going to go stir, stir crazy in their house, and this is what he has to do. If you're in your house and you're going to go stir crazy, I don't know if violent man fighting is what you necessarily need to be watching. While, while you are at home watching. Exactly. Come here, girl. Let me hit you with this tiger Wait. knee. Wait a minute. I did, also, I did, watch kick, I did watch kickboxing the other night. Hey, 
That's so, a good point, Ken. Because <laughs> when you watch wrestling, what is the first thing you want? Oh, you want to put somebody in some movie? Yeah. <laughs> right. Get that grapple. Get over here. <laughs> Throw him up the ropes. I mean, and and not to be funny, but there has been a lot of uh, uptick on domestic violence because people are stuck in the house. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to, you know what I'm saying? Go into Listen, I'm listen, I just don't I don't think it's a good idea. I'm sorry. I don't think any, none of us think it's a good idea. I don't idea. think it's a good idea to try to go none get us. Nobody. None of us. I don't think it's a good I'm idea. I'm also to try to wondering get how many people fight. will really watch this. I don't think you know? that I don't think that that many. I don't think it's Dude. I don't think, I don't think they're going to be able to pull I'm over. A, I think it's going to be a considerable Listen. Hold on. Let me see. Let me I, I'll ask y'all this. So one big thing about UFC fights, like boxing can is that you go out to bars and whatnot and you go see a, as a watch party, right? Mm-hmm. So you're banking on the people who would, as you say, kind of a casual fan. Me, I would go to a, I would probably go to a Buffalo Wild Wings or a bar or whatever like that, go see a fight some, you know, some, some way. I don't care about Buffalo. <laughs> I don't care about no wings. I'm talking about just going to sit and watch the damn fight. I don't care about no damn wings. Buffalo no, Wings is I, I, not popping. I don't care. Oh, I'm, 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 I just want to see the TV. So, okay. so. And they don't want to serve. They're going to tell you to move away from sitting next to some white folks. Did you just oh. say Buffalo White? Buffalo White Wings. I'm I like, you got, you got to move, Blackhead. <laughs> Suppose in Indiana. You don't mess with Indiana. No, but but you're banking on those fans that go out there, to, the casual fans that go to a watch party to say, hey, I'm going to drop. How much does a UFC fight cost? Eighty dollars, seventy? Nah, it's not as much as a boxing it's like fight. 50. It's probably. I was yeah, gonna say it's fifty. 50. I was gonna say forty-nine. Okay, I was gonna say it's fifty. Also, yeah, you it's th- not like but, boxing. Women, but also, you asking people to do this when a lot of people aren't even working. Too. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people hey, have lost their jobs. They had those. They had those. It's like a thirty percent unemployment rate. You know that uh, that stimulus ch- stimulus, stimulus check, check is coming. Right uh, let me let me give me let me give fifty dollars to Trump's best friend. Trump gonna, Trump gonna make sure that Let me help you out there. Listen, kid. If you don't think he's gonna make sure that checks drop right before that fight, man. If you don't think in that kind, one thing too uh, that I want to point out to where yeah, so. it's gonna definitely help them. So I was watching First Take this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, Stephen A. Smith, I was really paying attention to this discussion on Dana White, uh, being a partner with ESPN. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, Max was like, well, Dana was doing it smart, and one of the reasons was it's not like football or uh, baseball where you have so many people. It's one fighter, his crew, uh, empty stadium, skeleton crew. Stephen A. Smith, was his angle was Dana White just needs to be, uh, be out in front of it so that he tells the narrative that why he's the reasons he's really doing it. And the reason I want to point out to you why it still could be a benefit for the UFC is don't forget the UFC is running on ESPN's engine right now. And ESPN is going to be playing hell of hell of highlights from those UFC oh, fights no because they don't have anything. So only thing I'm saying is they're going to be, it's, okay, think, about, think about this too, real quick. We're older. Like if I'm 14, 15 stuck in a house, Without Ooh. anything to do, and you giving me live action, maybe I like battle sports already, and I can go on YouTube, start watching some old stuff. You're like, there are fans out there right now that it may not, we may not be the demographic. But, but you got to convince your parents in an economic time right now nah, because you spend these, $50. No, nah, nah, because these kids still, they can steal this stuff. And the only point I'm making is, but no, but you're still building out your fan. The point that I made initially is right now, when there's no, nothing else live to watch, you can build out your fan base. 
So again, I'm not I'm not I'm playing the devil's advocate, mm-hmm. but you can still there's gains to be made from going after it when you have the biggest sports conglomerate when it comes to media behind you pumping you out even before this happens, and they're thirsty to have any live action for them to run for these hosts throughout the week. But what and, this- and interviews. You're gonna see more UFC fighters doing interviews than you usually see on ESPN. But this is my question. So I watched WrestleMania this weekend, right? It was over two days. They pre-taped it. I don't know when they taped it, but they also but they have been yesterday. doing they <laughs> yesterday. But they've been doing their live shows. Oh, but they've been doing they've been doing their live shows with nobody in the arena. Same thing like with the other wrestling promotions, whatever like that. My question to Dana White is why does he have to go to a island? That's yeah. for the international people like um or have what's the kid in. that just beat what's the kid that beat uh Con I forget his name, the Russian Conor dude McGregor? That, no. that be, yeah, he oh, can't yeah, Habib, he's, he said he's not fight. He was supposed to type fight Tony Ferguson. He said he wasn't because he was going to stay because Russia, I think, has a, a no-flight uh, thing going on. Uh, no uh, flight restrictions. Uh, flight restrictions. A flight restriction. So that, now, Tony Ferguson said that's his excuse because this is going to be like the fifth time they didn't have this fight. So, again, when, you, when you're looking at it, because you just said this, I watched WrestleMania. You, you, didn't, you wasn't complaining about them out there no, sweating. No, 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 no. Uh, Listen, I am the reason is for the international fighters that can't come into America. That's why I was talking about international waters. Okay, Uh, like if you ever been on a cruise, like if you ever been on a cruise and you eighteen, soon as y'all get like thirty minutes outside of Miami, they be like, you you kids can drink. But you know, so you hit international waters, you can just do whatever. So that's why he has a private island, and it also sounds dope when you say private island. Private island. No, no, but that was one of my biggest things. Kind of like a whole thing about being isolated on an island. That just seems kind of weird. That's why. That's why I was like, okay, why is he doing it? But Thank you for clarifying that. My whole thing with the with the WWE with the WrestleMania, I was of the same ilk saying like, why are you having it? You can go ahead and just wait. But as yeah, I'm keep saying it. It's greedy. And they watched wanna, it and they want to keep it going. You I mean, watched I already, all which of this, it. But it's the thing though. I already paid for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they already have my money. I pay for it. Yeah. I mean, you, I in, you know, you're in danger of people when you was watching them, right? Yeah, probably. You could have sent them a message about how you don't like stuff like that and you care about it, but also you want to risk Tony's life. So we know the type of person you are. <laughs> I said, <laughs> if everybody come out and say it's fine to go outside. You're going to go because they told you. Hey, listen, I don't think it's going to be a, uh, listen, I don't think it's going to be a, uh, I don't think it's going to be a basketball season. It's going to be damn near not be an MLB season. And they might get it in with the NFL. And the NHL might as well go ahead and stop playing because probably nobody watch them anyway. <laughs> so well have your head. I mean, well listen, done, hockey is a niche sport. And, I mean, it's not like they, they draw millions of people's I mean, They draw millions of eyes, no doubt. Now, especially they're the national sport of our Canadian uh, neighbors. But it just ain't the same. You know what I'm saying? It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hockey, specifically. That's what Dean does. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that it's hockey. It's not worth it. 